What are some of the top privacy and security-related issues that healthcare sector entities need to be monitoring? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with privacy and security attorney Elisa Chesler of the law firm Baker Donaldson. So when you look out into the remainder of 2019 and into 2020, what do you see in the privacy and security regulatory landscape that healthcare sector entities should be keeping a close eye on? What I'm really seeing is kind of a much broader aspect because we've been dealing with the regulatory issues, but what's happening is even those healthcare companies or organizations or providers that comply with the regulatory construct in the privacy and security space, they're still experiencing a whole host of issues like ransomware. So you can have organizations that are doing a really good job in hitting, let's just say, their HIPAA requirements, but ultimately still suffering at the hands of cyber attacks or just human error. So as we look at 2020, what we're really trying to do is flip the conversation to be a little less about compliance and more about making sure they have in place those defenses that will just even keep the lights on. So what we do is we spend a lot of time trying to help people make sure that their regulatory schemes are up to snuff, but as a part of that, we're kind of expanding to a greater risk metric with all of our clients to try to make sure they're understanding and seeing that larger picture. I would say in general where we see a lot of that is in the area of ransomware. We're still seeing it prolifically go through all kinds of organizations, including healthcare. And of course, when it infiltrates a healthcare organization, it can have some really devastating effects. We know of at least one institution in the South that really had to divert almost 100% of their patients for weeks because they were not able to have their systems up and running. So I'd say that's one of the things that we think through while we're waiting for maybe regulations to change. They're not necessarily staying on pace with what the reality of the world we live in. Then the other thing that we're seeing that we're talking a lot to our clients about is really thinking through some of those strategic partnerships, alliances, joint ventures and mergers and acquisitions because as they go through due diligence in trying to determine how best that alliance will work, what we're finding is that sometimes the sides are immature in their thought process about how that will work from the privacy and security space. And again, that can be a really big barrier towards a smooth integration of two operations who are, again, either just trying to partner or become a part of one organization. So as we work with clients, we're thinking through and trying to plan for any of those kinds of anticipated transactions that will happen in the 2020 timeframe so that they can be well positioned for any of the kinds of partnerships that they're anticipating. 
So what about regulatory developments and enforcement issues involving HIPAA, GDPR, the California Consumer Privacy Act? Anything that stands out about top issues in terms of what the healthcare sector should be thinking about right now to be prepared? Absolutely. Certainly, I think many of them have thought through GDPR and for a variety of reasons either are well entrenched and on their way with compliance or have determined for whatever reason they don't necessarily need to worry about it. But the CCEA is a game changer in the United States. And we've talked to far too many healthcare organizations that have dismissed it as something that they need to think about because of certain ways that the, let's just say, HIPAA exceptions may or they think may apply to them. And I would say to them that as it relates to the CCPA in particular and the variety of laws that are coming as a result uh, and have come in a, in a couple states, Maine being one of them, Nevada another, to varying degrees, not as all-encompassing as CCPA at least yet. But what we're seeing is a thought process of having a full exemption where a full exemption may not exist, especially with certain organizations who might do workers' comp or other kinds of life insurance or disability estimations or are also doing, say, occupational health type issues. Those issues, if there have been certain determinations that certain aspects of the company are outside of HIPAA, well, then you definitely need to be thinking about CCPA. And CCPA has some very different ways of looking about and thinking about personal information that seems counterintuitive to health but still must be analyzed. I'll also note that as we work with clients on CCPA in particular, or just even about how they need to update their website privacy notice for compliance, a lot of times what they'll say to me is, well, just pick someone like me and let's use theirs. Or they're just doing that themselves. That is a major danger sign. Because ultimately, it's really about what are you or your organization in fact doing. So take, for example, a website in the healthcare arena that is gathering information from individuals. And if they're doing that, what they're doing with that data and how that's running, if there's Google Analytics running, what other cookies are running, how is that information being tracked, is very different from organization to organization. And so if you are just looking at your competitors, liking it and cutting and pasting it, that could be a real problem for you later on when it's determined you're doing things very differently from what that other organization is doing. So now it's been reported that Google is partnering with a large healthcare organization in an initiative in which Google would be obtaining access to personal healthcare data from patients in 21 states and that Google is reportedly using the data in part to design new software underpinned by advanced artificial intelligence and machine learning and that it would zero in on individual patients to suggest changes in their health care. Even though the details are still emerging, are there any potential privacy concerns that you foresee in this sort of partnership? And what would they be? 
Well, yeah. I will tell you, I would hope and expect that there has been a lot of time and energy spent on doing that in a legally compliant way. With that said, I can certainly tell you that people always think about HIPAA as it relates to improper disclosures, right? Has information been breached or was it disclosed to the wrong party? So, of course, a lot of times when third parties are hired to do work, you can disclose it under a business associate agreement or other kind of data use agreement, and those constructs are important. What you also have to think about is, well, how is information being used? And while it's potentially being used for the greater good, we certainly get involved with a lot of clients as they think about whether it's clinical research studies or clinical trials, and making sure that it still stays in line, not just with HIPAA, but also the state law issues. So again, I've got to think that a lot of that information is likely de-identified by the time it gets to Google, but the question is at what level and how is it being leveraged, and really making sure that the contractual obligations and proper uses have been well-defined. So I would always say that, and we do, we work with a lot of organizations who really do want to advance medicine and advance how medicine is used. Precision medicine is definitely going to be, and and with the benefits of artificial intelligence, are definitely going to be part of the new world order. But we also have to be super careful in making sure that all the thought process into such an alliance has really been well vetted and well thought out by privacy professionals so that they don't run into minefields later, so that they do anticipate all those uses, and so that the information doesn't, in this instance, for example, get away from Google and go on to other things. I'll also note simultaneously, having nothing to do with healthcare, some recent things have come out with artificial intelligence and in the way that it and properly discriminates against certain groups. And so I think it's also really important as projects go forward that those that are thinking through these kind of alliances in which healthcare could be impacted, that the potential discriminatory aspects of it can be well thought out. You know, by example, we saw in the, I believe it was either the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, an article about how discrimination is happening with payment methodologies and how men are getting better credit scores when, in fact, it's their wives who may be the larger wage earners or equal wage earners and owners of their personal fortunes. So I do think that there's going to be a lot that comes from that, mostly as it applies to the use of the data and then the way that the artificial intelligence is developed as a part of it. So going back to Google for a moment, Google also is planning to buy wearable fitness tracker device maker Fitbit for $2.1 billion. The deal is expected to close in 2020, And the companies say that Fitbit health and wellness data will not be used for Google ads. But what are some of the potential privacy issues that consumers and others should be concerned about if it comes to an acquisition such as this by Google? Well, I would suspect 
that many of the listeners today understand that currently none of that is likely covered by HIPAA at all. But here's what's interesting. So we just talked about that healthcare play that Google has and query whether that information might get married. So as much as there may not be the use of that for ads, I guess the question is, could it be married to other projects and be creating that larger database on each and every person. And that's honestly where, as we talked about earlier, the CCPA will potentially have some very large impact. So the way these alliances and joining of information will grow is going to have to be, again, really thought through about what silos will or will not be maintained in the future by an entity like Google, who to a large degree, as it relates to this data, may be completely unregulated. Because here's what's also interesting about that. I mean, in that instance of Fitbit, it is incumbent upon Fitbit to stick to what it tells people it will or will not do with its data. And so as the Google acquisition of Fitbit closes, we can expect to see changes to the Fitbit privacy policy. The question will be what changes that will be and whether or not Fitbit users will be okay with the changes and how their information might be used in the future. Because again, query a world where it gets married to not just how you may be treated in, in a hospital, but what about your life insurance? or your disability coverage, or what you're doing. The growth and integration of information is not as, as far off as I believe people think it is. We see a lot of it growing in a ways that people just really couldn't anticipate. And finally, looking ahead to the remainder of the year in 2020, when it comes to enforcement trends involving OCR and HIPAA, we've seen a settlement recently. We've seen a civil monetary penalty recently. Any predictions? I've got to think that we're going to continue to see a couple more by the end of the year. Settling these cases usually has a little more energy towards the end of the year, because if you're a healthcare organization, you would much rather close it out than let it drag into next year, where I think people lose a little bit of their emergent nature. So I do think we're going to see a couple more. I suspect we might see, just like in one of the recent ones that we saw, where the biggest issue they're finding is when there's multiple issues years apart with generally the same facts. So in one of the ones we recently saw in the last month, they had problems apparently with control of USB drives and the use of USB drives to maintain personal information. And lo and behold, years later, they had the same problem and had not implemented controls at least designed to mitigate it. So aside from just getting rid of USB drives, at a minimum, we would have liked to have seen a policy and procedure implemented to enforce passwords on it and maybe a minimization of that use of USB drives because they're just so easily lost and so easily found uh, with information. So 
I think long and short of it, I think we are going to see a couple more settlements. I do think we're going to continue to see some high dollar amounts, which is really meant to get the attention of providers. Thanks, Elisa. I've been speaking to Elisa Chesler. I'm Marianne Kolbezak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.